All right, guys, this is the Taking the Next Step panel. We're gonna discuss here is you guys are in a band, maybe you're making a little headway, and what's the what are the next steps you take? So right now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hand off the mic so that everybody can introduce themselves and uh, give you a little information about them. Hi, my name is Eric Drogmiller, and I co-manage Word is Bond, Inc. Hi, I'm Suze, I'm the Rockstar Advocate. I'm a mindset coach for musicians. Uh, my name is Corey Wolf. I'm the CMO of Dotted Music and a Scranton native. Alright, and I'm gonna text Mark to come back and he'll hop right in here with us. He's getting tacos right now. Alright. Where do you get tacos from? I don't know. All I these like guys tacos. from out of the area know all the food spots. I don't know. Band guys. Alright, well, we'll start with Corey. So, Corey. I'm in a band, we made a little headway, maybe we're ready to take the next step. We're looking for a publicist, we're looking for marketing help. What's the first step we take? What's worth it, what's not worth it? What, what are things that yeah. you need versus things that can wait? Right, so, so first off, make sure you need uh, help. You know, a lot of people think, well, I could just get a publicist and you know, we'll get all these blog posts and then we'll be good or uh, we just need to get 10,000 followers on social media, so we need to hire a marketing agency. That's not necessarily true. The, the, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of stuff that a band or an artist can do themselves. Most of the time when an agency comes in, it's because the band is at a point where they can't do it themselves. So they, you know, they're touring all the time, um, maybe they're recording an album, um, but you know, as far as us and what we do at Dotted Music, we should really just be an extension of the band or the artist. So, meaning most of the time it's stuff that you can do, you either don't have the time, or if it's in the, the scope of press, it's you just don't have the connections, or like, the, like they just talked about, you need to get a press kit together, you need to do all these things, you just don't have the time to do it. Um, so it, it really, to me, like, I think a lot of people come to us thinking that we're going to be the be-all, end-all. You know, you get a marketing agency or a publicist and you're gonna be successful. That's not, that's not true, you know, it's just not true. All we can really do is be an extension of you and kind of help you and guide you in the right direction. So, you know, you just really need to make sure that you're ready for it. Hop over to Sue's here. Yeah, I mean, I basically Corey said it pretty much, but it's really know what you're ready for. I mean. Listen, if you have tons of money and you don't want to write your bio and you don't want to do your EPK and you don't want to set up your social media pages, all right, good, pay somebody for it. But most of the musicians I know, we don't have that kind of um, money to just put it out there in the beginning. So do as much as you can yourself. Write your bio. Have somebody look it over, please have somebody else proofread it because you're not going to see your own mistakes. But do as much as you can yourself. Get your friends to give a second glance at it. You know, everybody's got a friend who's good at art. Everyone's got a friend out there who like understands graphic design. Reach out to people on Facebook, barter. You know, do what you need to do to get the ball rolling. And then, you know, when it comes to something like a publicist or a manager or any of that, it should be at the point where you can't handle it yourself anymore. Not that you don't want to do it, but you can't handle it yourself anymore. So that's a good indication of when you're ready. Like, I'm a mindset coach for musicians. 
my clients are usually on tour with Ariana Grande or they have a national tour or they're doing other stuff and they can't handle everything that's getting thrown at them and that's where I come in to kind of give them some some clarity, some goals, some ways to pace out their work-life balance. Not to say that I don't work with indie musicians, I've worked with plenty of them, but the ones who are usually gonna need me more is those who have a really full plate and that really just can't juggle any more than they're already juggling. So, you know, just know where you're at and um, pretty much what Corey said. <laughs> I agree with both you guys. Um, I really do believe it comes down to, uh, you know, if you are a band that has a thousand likes, you're not ready for a publicist right away. Uh, if you're a band that's touring, you know, at least a week or two weeks out of, you know, a six week period, then yeah, like that's time to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty much that. So I want to touch back a little bit on the, uh the balancing what's going on so what would you say there's there's probably things out there that bands are focusing on and they're putting their effort into it and they're putting their energy into it and it's not paying dividends it doesn't matter what are some of the hang-ups that you see where bands so focused on one thing that they're putting so much effort into it and it's really not going to pay out anything at the end maybe we could help some people you know pass that and and they're not stop them from wasting their time and putting it into something well I, I think I think a lot of bands, like, it, it's funny throughout the time. I mean, I've been managing for, shit, eight years. And every, every band, like, at least once a year is, like, this track. Or if we don't get signed after these five tracks, then fuck. Like, we, you, we can't go anywhere. I think you guys have to, like, bands have to evolve with their craft. They have to do something different. I mean, everyone, it's, everyone copies from everybody. So... I would say just, I would focus on your music um, and constantly try to push the envelope a little bit. I've had bands, I mean shit, Four Years Strong was the first band I ever worked with. When I worked with them, they were a cookie cutter fallout boy, but I knew they had something great there. And I still remember my parents, <laughs> this was like when I was 20, they went away to Florida and the band was like, well, do you want to you know, can we spend the week with you? And I'm like, sure. So they were in my basement. They're like, well, we're trying to, like, change our sound. And I don't know if you know this, but two of the members in Four Year Strong were in Bury Your Dad. Yeah, so it was a hardcore band. And, you know, they used to fuck around, just, like, breakdowns in between their stuff. And I was like, dude, like, why don't you just incorporate that? And uh, they're like, well, like, Newfound Glory. I'm like, no, go really, really hard with it. And they did it. I would go to work, came back home. They're like, oh, we wrote a song. It was Beat Down to Kia Happy. I'm like, whoa. And then they wrote uh, another song the next day. And I was just like, now you're on to something. Booked them a show, uh, a metal show. And it was weird because people are like, what is this band doing on this bill? And then the breakdowns happened. They're like, wow, now you're on to something. So, you know, kind of getting a little off topic. But I would say just focus on your music and just grow it. Um, I would build a little bit on that as well and say that um, get rid of the word should because you've seen a lot of great advice up here all day today and a lot of people have great advice and it doesn't mean it's right or wrong but is it right for you? So don't go home and say, oh, this person said I should do this or this, per or this work for that person, that's what I should be doing. I think we get very manic 
um, a lot of the times in this industry, and I think we get very bombarded and we want to learn all we can and our intentions are good, but shameless plug for my book, The Rockstar Life Planner, the whole point of, of hitting pause and taking a second saying, what do I want? There are a lot of questions that I think we don't ask ourselves. What do I want? Why do I want it? What do I need to do to get there? And work on not getting distracted by that. There could be a lot of great opportunities out there. Somebody could say, oh, play this show, or oh, come on tour and do this, or oh, be a feature on this song, or all that stuff is great, but is it great for you? So just make sure that the opportunity is right. Don't let it distract you from the path that you're on. Monotask, do one thing at a time. If, if you know that your bio needs to be written better, or your EPK needs to be stronger, all that, take some time to do that. Don't say, well, I'm gonna work on the EPK, but I really need to book this show, and I need to work on getting my video done, and I have, just one thing at a time, and keep building it, so that you're doing it right the first time, and don't let things distract you. So if you know what your goals are, then when those opportunities come, they either fit with that goal, or they don't fit with that goal, and don't be afraid to just say no, thanks, it's not the right time for me, and keep moving. So as a you know, marketer, I'm always thinking of stuff like um, you know, branding and social media and stuff like that, and one of the big things that I always come across is that you know, a band or an artist didn't think about who they are, right? Who, who you actually are as an artist, so essentially your brand. You know, they, they don't think about that from the beginning, um, and, and oftentimes, they end up throughout their their musical career fixing mistakes that, that could have easily been missed, or, or you know maybe they didn't really think about it. Maybe they just wrote an awesome uh, pop punk song, so they're like, oh well, we're going to be a pop punk band, but they realize they're not really a pop punk band. They don't want to be doing that. Um, they want to do say you know more harder stuff, you know, right? So, but the point is that they didn't think about that stuff in the beginning, um, and and. They didn't really plan it out. So I always tell people to think about you know, your brand, who you are, what do you stand for, what kind of music do you want to make, and um, you know, go from there because that'll make everything easier. That'll make writing your bio easier because you know what you need to say. You already know your values. You already know who you are. That'll make doing your website easier because you already know, okay, well, these colors need to fit with these values and things like that. There's a lot of things that go back to it, um, and it'll save you a lot of time, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, maybe you change your band name because you didn't really think about it. You were just drunk one night and you thought of something stupid, and you realize you don't want that to be your band name, whatever it is. But really, just think that all out: who you are as a band, what kind of music do you want to make, and, and what are your values, and that'll save you a ton of time going forward. She has a question. No, no, That's no, okay. Please. That's true, but usually evolution happens over a long period of time, you know, like, you know, 10 years, something like that. Um, 
So usually in that case, it's okay. Well, a lot of stuff that I'm thinking of is, you know, somebody starts a band and a year later, uh, they're like, oh, well, we need to change our name. This isn't what we want to do. Next thing you know, they're spending two weeks trying to fix, you know, sending Facebook messages, trying to change their, their profile URL and changing all these things when if they had just sat down and really thought about it and talked about it in the beginning, they would have they would have missed that. You know, they wouldn't have gone through that. That I think that was more what I was trying to, yeah, get at. So I thought we hit a little interesting point in the beginning of that um, that, I, that really stuck with me. How important is a band's image? So as music fans and as, as people in a music scene and everything, we all really want to stick on the point of that it doesn't matter and that it should be about the music. But in essence, it does. Because even if you're trying to be the nondescript, you know, I don't care, that's still an image that you're portraying. So how important is that image to reach your, your audience, and uh, how do you go about, how should you go about achieving that? Uh, well, I think somebody in the last panel just, or two ago, I forget who it was, but they said something about their ethos, um, and basically their brand, uh, and their image, and, and essentially what that is is how the public perceives you. That's the most basic uh, definition of it. And all that stuff is super important because you can either associate, um, you know, when you think of, say, Coca-Cola, you already have a, a general idea of who they are, what they stand for. You think memorabilia, all that stuff, that's part of their brand. But all that stuff is carefully thought of, you know, and, and like the guy said before, you know, how they talk and, and the different, like, fonts that they use and all this stuff is part of their image, again, which is thought of, you know, in the beginning most of the time or, you know, some point after they first start. Uh, but it's super important because that's that's... It, you you want people to really have a good idea of who you are and what you stand for without really having to think about it, and that's all done, uh, you know, through the image. Okay, so this is one of my favorite questions, and I'll try not to like jump on my soapbox too much, but I kind of every artist I come into contact with at some point asks this question, and I always say like. If I said to you, like, hey, come into this dark room with me and we're going to have some fun, and I don't mean that in, like, a dirty way, but, like, really, would you want to just come with somebody you've never met and just go, no, like, we're going to have an awesome time? I mean, that's basically what you're saying to fans. If you don't care about your image, you're basically like, come listen to my music. You know nothing about me. I'm not giving you any kind of idea about who I am or what I'm about, but, like, my music is really good, so go listen to it. People don't like the unknown. Like, I'm going to throw a little psych this way, but it's just human nature. We don't like it. It's animal instinct to not go near something that you are unfamiliar with. So you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the no-like trust factor, but definitely Google it. There's plenty of great articles out there on the no-like trust factor. It's all about the fact that you want people to get a sense of you. You want them to understand who you are. You could say it's just about the music, but it's not. You know, nobody's gone into gone to go see a movie because the preview just said it's nothing like you've ever seen before, and then it, that's all you hear. They might say it's nothing like you've ever seen before, but it's from the producers who brought you your favorite movie that came out last year, and it's starring the person that you follow on Instagram, and they're they're always going to pull you in with something that you can connect to something that you already know. So that's exactly what you want to do with your music, and the other thing to keep in mind. And we're talking about image too. A lot of it goes like Corey said, colors. You know, that's another thing. Like thinking about 
you know, you can just uh, Google color wheel uh, for brands on Google and you'll come up with tons of great articles on the psychology of colors. If you're, you know, this big rock band, you don't want to put like a happy yellow as your logo. I mean, there's just certain things that tip people off as to what to expect. So if I'm not listening to your music, but I see your business card or I see your logo on something, and I'm trying to get a sense of who you are. If I hit play and it's not congruent, there's a part of me that's turned off. It's just human nature. So keep that stuff in mind and don't be afraid to say, hey, my music sounds like. You don't have to say, I'm the next so-and-so. You don't have to imitate that person, but give people a taste, get creative with it. Like one of my clients, this is the last thing I'll say about it. One of my clients said, you know, I'm like, um, Bob Dylan went on an acid trip with Tupac Shakur. And yeah, okay, that's different, but at least it gives me some indication, okay, he's got some soul and hip hop in there, and he's got that singer-songwriter vibe. I wanna check this out. So get creative with it, but give reference points. And that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, both the panelists did a great job harping on it, but for image to me, like, I've lost probably three deals with a couple of my bands because their image was just completely shoddy. Like, I'm not saying that everyone has to be uniformed and, you know, dress like the muddy, muddy Boston's if you're in a ska band or, you know, you're emotionless and white and look goofy. Uh, but I'm saying, like, you should, you should really, like, what I tell my bands is, uh, um, I know there's a child over here I'm not going to really mention. One of my bands now... Um, but uh, we, we sat down and they came up with a very like euphoric uh, vision and uh, it worked. Rick worked really well. We had, you know, at our live shows, we had a large projector playing old horror films and, you know, we tied it into our shirts and it just branded really, really well. So, so <clears throat> there's, there's probably a layer there of that you, you don't want to stray too far though. So if you're in a metal band, and we'll throw it back a couple years to back then, you don't want to, and it probably means nothing to anybody here, but you don't want to be a neon band. You don't want to be one of those neon scenes. So how quickly could somebody be turned off? And this is directed completely at you from that. So, and how confusing could that be? And pertains to like labels or? Yeah, specifically in the in the business side of it. So you're looking at endorsement deals. You're looking at that. So you have the so you have everybody looks at you have that one guy who's just. Oh, I got well. Mark would tell too. I mean, we've had plenty of bands that are very. Uh, you kind of raise your eyebrow and be like, you know, the music can be so great, but if there was one thing missing or one thing uh, that was just not in full sync. Uh, it's it's screwed it up, but to fix it, I mean, uh, it's got to be very collaborative. It's got to be very unique, and um, I don't know, just don't make it really cheesy. But that can work too. <laughs> I don't know. Just you once you find the brand and once it works, it's gonna work. And we've seen that happen beforehand. Just don't stray away if it does. Real quick though, since we're in the middle of, does anybody have any questions while while we've gone through all this part at all? No? Okay. So then uh, I wanna talk a little bit about your team, building your team. So you're building a team around you and uh, you know, uh, we can touch a little bit, um, whoever starts on, you know, the, 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 the players in, in, in a band that has now, you, we're, we're beyond a local band at this point and you're ready to take that next step. 
So who do you need? Why do you need them? And what, what, what do they do for you? Yeah. Um, it depends. Like, what, what I've noticed a lot, uh, getting a booking agent used to be really simple, not simple, but a little bit easier than how it is right now. Um, a lot of the times now labels are like, well, do you have a booking agent? And we're like, no. They're like, oh, okay. And then the booking agent is now asking us, do we have a label? Uh, and they want the labels to pump money for tour support and all that. Um, so I guess the most important thing we can do right now, um, like any bands that we pick up, we like to work with a publicist, a publicist that we trust. Uh, one of the guys that we work with is Mike Kubios uh, at Earshot Media. He does all the press for... Um, Warp Tour, Taste of Chaos. If you just go on his website, like the guy's done every pretty much every big band in our genre that we work with. So um, I would say a publicist would be the first way to go for for me. I would say it really goes back to again setting out those goals and staying away from that. Like I should get one of these people. Or I should get one of these people. Like what what are you working towards right now and where do you suck at things? Like, really be honest about your strengths and weaknesses, because I've had clients that are super type A, and they don't really need a manager. Like, they're pretty on top of their stuff. I mean, they, they get back to emails right away, they're super organized, you know, but they can't write, and they don't know even where to begin to write their website copy, or their Facebook ad, or their bio, or any of that stuff, so they hire a writer. Um, there are people that, you know, really um, are, are pretty good with networking and they can handle their own contacts and it's all that good, but they are so unorganized. They hire a VA, I mean, a virtual assistant, like go online and for, you know, not for not too much an hour, they range in anywhere from like 10 to $40 an hour, depending on what you need them to do. But somebody to manage your social media or send out emails on your behalf or just keep your schedule, you know, something like that could go a long way rather than, investing in a publicist if you're pretty good at networking and getting yourself some attention. So really see where the holes are and then research into the best way to fill those holes. So are we talking like, say like an indie band is really getting to a point where they need to start building it, right? Yes, yeah, so you're trying to build a team around you that's gonna help you continue to grow. Right, so I'd say a lawyer. Um, it, either that or a manager. If you don't have a manager, go with the manager. If you already have a manager, uh, I would definitely say a lawyer. There's lots that, that you can find, like, like he had mentioned about like the publicist, just make sure you do your research, but because the, the further you go, if you're gonna start, you know, if the goal is assigned to a, a label, of course you want your lawyer to review that. Um, if you're going to sign a uh, deal with a marketing agency or publicist, you never know, there's a lot of shady people out there they could try and screw you on the contract, stuff like that. Um, so I would say either a lawyer or a manager. And then from there, you know, um, probably a marketing agency. So you could really start to build up, if you, which you probably should be already, but you could really start to push the whole online aspect of building your brand and, and gaining your followers and building that connection online. Okay, so um, I'm gonna start with Corey. Self-monetization. Okay, so now you're in a band. Maybe you're not on a record label. 
but you're doing it on your own. You want to monetize what you're doing then. How do you move towards monetizing versus giving things away for free? How do you turn the art that you've created into money for yourself, into industries like that? So is there a better outlet for it as opposed to like, you're gonna put something on YouTube, if you get so many views you get paid, or if you're gonna use Spotify, things like that. Are there ones out there that people, that you're not gonna get paid for, so it would probably be better to put in other ones. Are there things you should look for, things you should uh, stay away from? I think the number one missed thing is publishing. Uh, so many people write their own stuff and they don't realize that they should be registered with ASCAP or BMI or one of those. You know, you might not be getting millions of plays on Spotify, but um, you know, there's, there could be a lot of money made from publishing. I think Universal made like 750 million from publishing last year. Uh, and, and that's one of the most overlooked things. A lot of musicians don't even know what publishing is for the most part. Um, so, you know, I think that's probably the number one thing that's, that's overlooked. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll mainly leave it to these guys. It's a little out of my wheelhouse, but yeah, definitely um, publishing video games, uh, any type of um, audio to video um, partnerships that you can do. There, there's music is needed in everything. Marketing is everywhere, and they all need music. So you know, if you're if you're in tune to what's going on and and the products that are out there and the commercials that are going on and the video games that are out there, and you think you have a song that fits that then you can definitely do that. Um, when it comes to, the one thing I did want to say was it comes to giving away free music. Um, and I think one of you from the past panels we've done in the past um, had also said this, don't, uh, if you're gonna give free music away, make sure you're at least getting something in exchange for it, like an email address. So don't be afraid to give a single away, but that that's a form of currency, is getting an email address for your mailing list because then you can really market straight to those people and keep them up to date with what you're doing. So um, that's all I'm gonna say on that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna be a little bit out of the box, but uh, I had a band called Kingmaker and they, they were pretty big in the underground hardcore punk scene. And um, we had a couple of record labels, Prosthetic, Epitaph. We're all looking at them, but they're all on the fence. They're like, well, Spins rad, but I just don't know if you know if it's gonna pop and if you know a lot of people are gonna really jump on it because it was really it was really strange hardcore music. But anyways, we had an idea of their last record uh, called The Cradle, and we decided to put it out for free. And we put it out for free on Bandcamp, and we got rid of I think five thousand downloads in two hours. And then the record labels are like crap <laughs> like you guys are actually legit um you know rest in peace kingmaker but uh we did get offers after that so i think it, it just depends um you know there's always a give and take you know we shouldn't be giving away the, the art for free but there's certain circumstances where you know i'm not saying go get you know have a everyone download your record for free but maybe a track or two for if you're a smaller band Yeah, and actually, one other thing I want to touch on is bundles. Uh, you could give away your track or your album for free or whatever, but uh, Mark Mulligan, I don't know if you guys knew who that is, he's like like this crazy researcher that does a lot of uh, research about the music industry, says that you know it, 
the typical fan is more likely to buy a bundle. They're like two or three times more likely to buy a bundle, meaning a T-shirt, keychain, stickers, all that shit. Uh, they're much more likely to purchase that bundle. Number one, if the album is free, or the you know the single, whatever, the music's free, they're much more likely to buy that $30, $40, $50 bundle. And that's that's one of the biggest things I always talk about. Uh, there's a rapper named Sapient out in the Pacific Northwest who's phenomenal at this. The dude sends out posters that he, he drew artwork, stickers, like he's really, really good at it. Rhyme Sayers does a ton of it too, a uh, rap label from Minneapolis. But uh, you know, that's one route to take. If you wanna give the music away to you know just get it so people can hear it, at least create three or four, or two or three bundles of uh, additional merch. Check out Mark Mulligan though. He's 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 really good. So we're gonna kinda wrap up here a little bit, open it up to the crowd, but <clears throat> you guys are able to give one piece of advice to a band and this is gonna make or break their career. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. What's that one piece of advice? Don't be an asshole. <laughs> um don't be afraid to slow down. Just, I know it feels like time is running out, but seriously sit and think. I mean, Corey touched upon it too with, with your brand, but with everything, just sit and think, what do I want out of this? Because otherwise you're just kind of going through the motions and things are just going past you and you, you don't really realize why you're doing what you're doing. So really just take time to stop and reflect and, and think before you jump onto the next thing. Can I touch on that real quick? But it's a, a follow-up for you. So I think a lot of bands maybe think, I'm running out of time, I gotta do this. What's, what's your average time frame from you find a band to they're a professional music? That doesn't mean signed, but to where they're, they're, they're at a level where they're playing, like a time frame. Because I know it's different for everybody. But what, give us a little idea of what, when is it time to give up? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think. I mean, if you enjoy what you love, yeah. then keep on going. But are you saying like monetarily? When, when like, is it time to say, okay, maybe we need to make a change? Let's put it that way. Not give up. We need to make a serious change in what we're doing here. Um, for you, for you, not for the oh, band. Oh, for me. I'm talking for you. So you find this band and you're working them. Yeah. And you're trying to get to the next level. When for you? I'm sorry, guys. I wasn't yeah. talking. About <laughs> when, when is when is it for you that you say, okay, listen, I need to step back because yeah. I can't go any further with well, this. Well, if they get lazy, um, if bands don't want to tour or they just don't do the simplest shit, as as in you know updating stuff on Facebook. I mean, your your socials. I mean, we live in a freaking digital world, and if you, if you can't post crap on the internet then you know we even have some signed acts that kind of get lazy with that and mark and i you know bark at them every single day regardless if you're on tour or not like you know you have to you have to, when you're in a band and you want to take it to the next level you got to treat it like a business like if you slack off and you know you don't really give two shits even for a week or two it's going to gradually build and then it comes to a point where you know mark and i have to call them up and be like, yo, dude, like, what is going on? Because there's definitely, you know, not the cohesion over there anymore. So I, w I would say that if a band started to get lazy with the with stuff. So Now back to the one, one word of advice. Um, I guess just enjoy what you love doing. Um, it makes no sense if, 
you know, I've had a ton of vans that came to, or people, individuals, and when I, I live in Rochester, New York, and they constantly come up to me like, you know, oh, I started this, this pop punk band. The next week, they're like, oh, dude, okay, this genre is big, so I'm going to start a metalcore band. And he's like, uh, I'm like, dude, like, do you actually enjoy what you're doing? Or are you just trying to, like, ride that wave and trying to get that break because you're 32 years old and you don't like your job and, you know, I, I guess just be true to yourself. I mean, um, if you don't love it, then don't be in a band anymore. Perfect. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it so much. Can we get a round of applause for our panelists, please? <laughs>